Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josue Salcedo, youth pastor of Remnant Youth here at King Jesus Ministry. This is the Remnant Youth Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And if you're looking for something that speaks louder than your situation and you want to know what God is saying now, then this message is for you. I want to share with you um, five keys, five pointers, um, five things to look at if you want to get into a friendship or a relationship with someone. I really want to help somebody out tonight. Is that okay? And, um, and then we're going to take some time to just answer a few questions. Um, I think that in the last 14 years, my wife and I, we've gained a lot of experience from other people's friendships, other people's relationships, other people's marriages. So it doesn't matter whether you're single tonight, um, whether you're in a relationship, a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship, or you're married. I, I believe that every single person, no matter your status, you're going to receive something and you're going to be able to apply it in your day-to-day -day life, in your friendship, in your relationship, or in your marriage. So tonight, I want you to just say with me, God, God just speak to me what I need. All right, y'all ready? All right, awesome. Can we get the pulpit down? All right. All right. Well, babe, you look very beautiful tonight. Happy Valentine's Day. Grateful I get to do Valentine's Day tonight with you. Um, so I want to just share with you uh, five keys. Uh, it will bless your life. Um, Apostle actually gave me these keys when I started asking him questions about relationship and who I should pursue a relationship or a marriage with. But um, these keys can help anybody. Um, you know, I made a decision a long time ago. I don't, I don't want to be the one to decide who I'm going to do life with. You know, I don't just want it to be me who decides who I'm going to kick it with, who I'm going to keep close to me, who am I going to pour out my heart to. I don't just want it to be me that decides who I'm going to befriend, who am I going to open up my heart to, who am I going to be vulnerable with and share all the deep matters of my heart, right? I don't just want it to be me who decides, well, who am I going to trust? Who is the person that I'm going to tell who I like and who I find to be cute? And, you know, who is the person that's going to be able to see both my errors and my successes? I made a decision a long time ago that the same way I would take to prayer who I would marry is the same way I would take to prayer who I would befriend. It's the same way I, I, I made a decision that God would choose my friends. God will choose my best friend. God will choose those who I keep around in my circle, who I keep close to. I can hang out with anybody. I can chill with anybody, literally anyone. But that doesn't mean that I'll just keep anybody close to me. Does that make sense? So I want to I encourage everyone to really pray about your friends. And really pray about the friendships and the relationships that you get into. So, all right, y'all ready? All right, so I want you to take a pen and paper out or take out your smartphone and I want you to write these five keys down because they're gonna they're very important um, as you choose friendships and as you choose relationships and who you befriend and who you go out with and who you date and all that stuff so 
First of all, if we go to the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says something very clear and something very important. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. I want you to look at yourself right now, and I want you to just declare, it's not good for me to be alone. I know that some of us have heard the pop songs, and we've declared, it's me against the world, and, you know, all these things, but... Truth be told, you're not meant to do life alone. You need a friend. Somebody say with me, I need a friend. And you need to be a friend. As a matter of fact, I want to start tonight by saying, if God cannot trust you throughout criticism, then he can't trust you with praise. If God can't trust you through, um, if God can't trust you in loss, he can't trust you with gain. If God can't trust you in unfaithfulness or in disloyalty, then he can't trust you with loyal friends. It's part of life. You're going to lose because you're vulnerable. You're going to lose because you're a friend. You're going to lose because you're faithful. You're going to lose because you're loyal. But when loss takes place, you need to remain faithful. You need to remain loyal. You need to remain pure. You need to remain, can I get an amen? So if God can trust you in criticism, then believe me, God can trust you with praise. If God can trust you in loss, then believe me, he will trust you with gain. And if he can trust you in disloyalty, then he can trust you with loyal friends. Can I get an amen? So don't let someone's disloyalty dictate the type of friend or the type of boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse you will be. Can I get an amen? All right, so it's time to build some character in our friendships and our relationships. You know, you know, why do I mention this? Because the world has taught us the opposite. The world has taught us, yo, an eye for an eye. If they play you, go and play them. If they do you dirty, do somebody else dirty. If someone is unfaithful, everyone is unfaithful. It's not true. I said it's not true. God is just looking to trust you. And chances are you probably didn't pray about that friendship. You probably didn't pray about that decision or that relationship. So I want to share just five keys. Number one, if you're looking to befriend someone, if you're looking to get into a relationship with someone, or if you're looking to marry someone, number one, look for someone who loves God. Say with me. I'm going to look for someone that loves God. And let me take it up a notch. Don't just look for people who love God. Look for people who love God more than anything. If you're going to befriend someone, if you're going to, I'm okay. If you're going to befriend someone, if you're going to get into a relationship with someone, look for someone who loves God more than they love anything. Look for someone who loves God more than they love their, themselves. Look for someone that loves God more than they love their dreams, more than they love their own career. Look for someone who loves God more than they love their family. Look for someone that loves God more than they'll love you. Look for someone who loves God more enough to not be loyal to you, to be loyal to God. Look for someone that rather sell you out than sell out God. Because when you find someone, if you befriend someone who loves God more than they love anything, more than they love you, more than they love themselves, more than they love anyone or anything, you can trust that person. You can trust that person. You know why I can trust my wife with my eyes closed? Because she loves God way more than she loves me. 
And guess what? I'm okay with that. As a matter of fact, I like that. That's something that I looked for. Why? Man, if she loves God, how can she not please me? How can she not be good to me? How can I not trust her when she loves God more than she loves anyone? So you want to look for people who love God more than they love sin. You need to look for people that love God more than they love clubbing. You need to look for people that love God more than they love alcohol, more than they love drinking, more than they love social media, more than they love popularity, more than they love money. Can I tell you something? If someone loves money more than they love God, I, 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 can't, I can't guarantee how your friendship is going to end up. But if someone loves God way more than what they love money, I can guarantee you, you headed the right way. And there's more hope for you in that friendship or there's more hope for you in that relationship than a friendship or a relationship with someone that just loves something just a little more, just a tad more than what they love God. Are you here with me? If you find someone that loves God more than they love anything, trust me, that person would not lead you astray. That person would not influence you to turn to evil or turn to sin. It's because people get into relationships. Listen, young people. It's because people get into relationships and friendships with people who don't love God. Unfortunately, they might say it, but the proof is in the pudding. How do they live it? It's because people get into relationships and friendships with people who love something more than they love God while they end up in jail. While they end up making mistakes that they later on regret while they end up in toxic relationships or abusive relationships why because they just love something else more than they love God so number one find someone that loves God more than they love people find someone that loves God more than they love you more than they love themselves that they truly love God with all of their heart and all of their soul can I get an amen um, some of you have heard me say this before. Um, some of you may not have heard it, but I believe, and this is, you know, my rendition or one of the revelations that God has given me in the book of Genesis when Eve eats the apple and then suggests for Adam to also eat the apple. Do you guys remember that story? Anybody ever went to Sunday school? They read you that story. You know about that story. So let me take you back to the garden for just a moment. Let me take you back to that garden when Adam had an encounter with God. And God told Adam, out of all this fruit you can eat, but don't eat that fruit. Because if you eat that fruit, you will surely, for those of you who know the word, you will surely what? So I remind someone tonight, Eve wasn't there in that conversation. Adam was. And we know that Adam must have told Eve what God had told him because when the serpent went to tempt her to eat the fruit, she said those words. She said, but God said not to eat it. But she also said not to touch it. I don't got time to go into that because the devil will always try to get you to touch something before you eat it. But we're not going to go there. Where we're going to go is she ended up eating the fruit. And then she goes back to Adam. And she's like, hey, babe, I ate the fruit. And this thing tastes so good. And I must have imagined that when Eve came up to Adam and showed him the fruit that God told Adam not to eat because he will surely 
I must have imagined that Adam started freaking out. I mean, think about it, y'all. For so many years, he was just looking at the tiger with the tiger red. You know, he was looking at all the animals with their couple, and he was like, yo, where's my couple? Until God put them to sleep and made Eve. So I can imagine Adam started freaking out. He's like, yo, I don't want to go back to singlehood. I don't want to go back to life without my woman, without my wife. I don't want to go back to life not having sex. I want my partner. I must have imagined Adam was just tripping. He was just like, Eve, what'd you do? And he went back to the moment where God told him, Adam, you can eat of any fruit, but don't eat of that. Because if you do, you will surely And when Eve came and said, hey, I ate this fruit, Adam must have been like, what did you do? Eve. Did you not remember what God told me? What God told us, we could, have ev- ate, we could have eaten of any fruit except that one. And I must have imagined Adam was like, yo, you're about to die. Like at any moment, you're about to have a cardiac arrest and just die. And at that moment, it's my opinion that Adam did for Eve what he thought God would do for her. He tried to do for Eve what years, centuries later, Adam number two, which is another name for Jesus, did for the church. He tried to go to the cross. He tried to die for Eve. At that moment, he knew Eve was about to die. And he said, let me eat this fruit. Because if any of us is going to die, I'd rather it be me. And the revelation behind that is, You can never love someone enough to disobey God. You can never love someone enough that you're willing to go to hell for them. That's the main mistake that Adam made. Though he acted in love. Though he acted in the same thing that he knew God would have done had it been him. He disobeyed God. And you don't want to ever befriend someone. You don't ever want to get into a relationship with someone that is willing to compromise truth. That is willing to disobey or that will cause you to disobey because now you're in a friendship or in a relationship with them. So number one, say with me, I need to look for someone who loves God more than they love anything. I'm telling you, anybody here want to get married? If you want to get married, look for somebody that loves God more than they love anything. Number two, what should I look for in someone that I would want to be friends with or that I would want to marry? Number two, that they love people. This is very important. Who here wants to be a lawyer? Who here wants to be a doctor? Who here wants to be a businessman, businesswoman? Who here wants to be a pastor, a prophet, an evangelist? Okay. Listen, it doesn't matter what you want to do or be in life. Guess what? Everything that you're called to do, your assignment, your purpose, whatever it is you want to do here on earth has to do with what? You need to befriend someone. You need to marry someone that loves people. Can you imagine if my wife didn't love people? She'd be right there after service talking about, yo, we got to go. Yo, what are you doing? Who are these people? What do they mean to you? Why are you giving them your time? Can you imagine being in a friendship with someone that just can't stand people? They don't want you to have other friends. 
They don't want you to chill. They don't want you to hang out. They don't want you to, you know, go to the hospital and practice on your patients. They don't want you to study hours to defend your client. Imagine someone being in a relationship with someone that's not social. You can't take them to your father and your family gatherings because they just don't like people. They don't like your family. They don't like nobody. They're not sociable. They want to be alone. Have you, has anybody ever been in a friendship with someone that just likes to be alone? Do we got to go back to Genesis chapter 2 where it says it's not good for man to be alone? But there's just some people that prefer to be alone. There's people that, that don't want you to be friendly. There's people that don't want you to be about people. But hey, guess what? Your purpose has to do with people. What God called you to do, what he assigned you to do has to do with people. If you want to be a pastor, you better be a people person. If you, How can you be an evangelist and not be a people person? If you want to be a prophet, you got to be a people person. Before you're about your purpose, you got to be about your people. How can you be a prophet if you're not about people? Prophecy has to do with people for the better of people. Medicine has to do with the better of people. Laws are for the better of people, not to condemn people. God is a God of people. So look for someone that, number two, loves people. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm doing somebody a favor. I'm trying to help somebody. Number three, this one's a great one. Number three, what do you want to look for in people that you befriend or someone that you marry? Again, how many of you want to get married? How many of you want to get married to the right person? Okay. Write this one down. It will save you. Because there's people that they will tell you they love God more than they love anything. And it seems to be true. And there's people that they will love people. But number three, this will begin to differentiate people from people. The right ones from the wrong ones. Did you know that every time God wants to bless you, he'll send someone in your life? But that same truth is about the devil. When the devil wants to curse you, he'll bring someone into your life also. Listen, this is going to differentiate. Okay, I need to say this and this is going to bless somebody. Write this down. Patience is the weapon that will force deception to reveal itself. I'll repeat that one more time. Patience is the weapon that will force deception to reveal itself. If you want to know who's who, if you want to know if someone really loves God more than they love you, more than they love themselves, more than they love anything, patience. If you want to know who's who, who's real, who's true, patience. If you want to know if someone's right for you, patience. Don't get all emotional on me. Don't get all emotional on yourself. Don't get all emotional with this idea and this dream that, oh, my God, I meant Prince Charming. Hey, listen, be patient with homeboy. Be patient with homegirl because patience will force things to come out that are hidden. Number three, what is that point? Number three, track record of service. Track record of service. Proverbs 31, verse 23. Proverbs 31, verse 23. Proverbs 31, verse 23. Listen, let's read it together. Her husband is known where? When he sits amongst the what? Whenever you choose to befriend someone, I'm talking about someone that 
you're getting ready to start trusting your heart to. You're getting ready to make this person someone that you become vulnerable with and you start sharing your heart with them. And you start talking about who you like and who you think is cute. And you start talking about your past and all the things that you've gone through. I'm talking about when, you, when you're getting ready to decide who you're going to bring close to you. Who's going to sleep over your house. Who are you going to kick it with more than you kick it with other, everybody else. Or when you're looking for someone that you want to get married to. Listen, that person better be known. You cannot, women, let, can I speak to the ladies tonight? You cannot be a virtuous woman. You cannot be a Proverbs 31 woman if your husband ain't known at the gates. You can't be a virtuous woman if your partner ain't known, if ain't nobody know. Oh, I just, you know, oh, this is the guy that I'm with. Who is he? Ain't nobody know him. Your family don't know him. Your pastors don't know him. Your mentor don't know him. Ain't nobody know him. If you want to be a virtuous woman, if you want to be a Proverbs 31 woman, you better make sure that the guy that you decide to date, the, the, the guy you decide to marry, the guy that you decide to befriend better be known. People need to know him. He better have a track record of service. People better, people have better have seen him cleaning up the trash here at church. People better have seen him do a house of peace or two. People better have seen him discipling, winning souls out in the streets. People better know. Oh, oh I know that guy in other words who can put their hand on the fire for the person you want to befriend who can put their hands to the fire for the group of friends that you hang out with at school who knows them who knows anything about them who can put their hand on the fire for them is anybody here I feel like I'm preaching to myself hey make sure that if you're Make sure that everybody knows your friends. Make sure that all your friends have a track record of service. Make sure that whoever you befriend can serve apostle as much as he can serve the littlest of them all. You make sure that whoever you befriend, whoever you marry, can serve the highest of high and the lowest of low. Make sure that they have a track record of service. Make sure they take out the trash in their parents' house. Make sure that they know how to sweep, they mop. They might not be the best at it, but they do it. Where is your track record of service? You want to be my friend? You want to be close to me? Where's your track record? Who are you? Who knows you? Who can put their hand to their fire? Don't try to be my friend if ain't nobody knows you. Don't try to be my friend if you ain't got no track record. Who are you? What have you done? Who knows you? That's the problem here, young people. Especially with y'all young girls. Oh, this is my man. Look at him. He got muscles and he has a cute smile. Did you see the car he drives? I don't care about the car he drives. I don't care where he lives. I don't care how many followers he has on IG. I don't care how white his teeth are. Where is his track record of service? Who is he? Who knows him? Who knows her? Where she come from? And who can put their hand on the fire for them? Track record of service. They better be known at the gates. Oh, pastor, everybody knows him. Do the elders know him? Oh, everybody knows my man. Everybody knows my girl. Do the elders know her? Or does the captain of the football team know her? Do the elders know him? 
Or does the dude pushing dope the, across the street know him? Guys, I'm trying to help somebody. You want to befriend the right person? You want to get married with the right person? Who knows them? Track regular service. You know, that's one of the things that Apostle told me about my wife. Uzdamari, she served me. She served my wife. She has served my sons. She has served this house. She has a track record of service. You know what this basically means? Can I help somebody here tonight? Will, you know how many times I made this mistake when I was young and dumb? Oh, this is the girl. Let me tell you about her. If you got to convince people... If you got to start convincing people and you got to start painting their picture all Picasso and all fly and all amazing, there's a problem because that person ain't known. All right. Some of y'all, y'all not liking me right now. It's okay. Number four. This one's a good one. You must look for someone who compliments your purpose. Second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen. Second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen says, "Do not be unequally yoked." Now, traditionally, this verse has been taught and preached. If the guy doesn't have the same measure of faith you have in God, then that relationship's not going to work. But I want to take it up a notch. Man, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to step on people's toes tonight. Remember, I don't think I'm too good for anybody. I can hang out with anybody. I can chill with anybody. I can go to Denny's and eat with anybody with a group of 100 people, and I'll be good. But I'm talking about when you keep people close to you. You're intimate with your heart, with your thoughts, with your emotions. You know what that verse also means? Do not be unequally yoked. In other words, if you have a question tonight and you're like, well, if he doesn't believe in Jesus or, you know, he, uh, he believes in Buddha and Muhammad, you know, is that going to work out for me? No, it's not going to work. Read 2 Corinthians 6, 14. But I want to take it up a notch. Listen. Unequally yoked means if I'm passionate and on fire for God, and I love prayer, and I love intercession, and I love winning souls. My best friend can't be lukewarm. If I will tell you to your face how it is, my best friend cannot be seeker friendly. I cannot be unequally yoked. Whoever you yoke yourself to, whoever you yoke yourself with, in other words, whoever you bind yourself together with, they better be on passion and on fire. They better have the same measure of faith. They better love casting out demons. They better love prophesying. They better love the power and the presence of God. They better love deliverance. They better believe in deliverance, inner healing. How are you going to be best friends with someone who don't believe in tithes and offerings? How can you be best friends with someone who, oh, if the, mom the moment you start preaching the 
gospel at Dolphin Mall, they trying to hide themselves because you putting them to shame. The devil is a liar. I can chill with you, but you can't be my best friend. I can go kick it with you. I can go to the movies and watch Bad Boys 3 with you, but you can't sleep over my house. I can't be unequally yoked. No, we can't be best friends. No, I can't be your boyfriend. No, I can't be your girlfriend. I can't be unequally yoked. Compliments your purpose. There's people that you've befriended that can destroy your purpose. Right now, there's people you know that if you get any closer to them, they can destroy your purpose. They can contaminate your mindset, the way you think. And how you think is how you are. I like your shoes, Jose. Listen. You need, a, you need to keep people that will guard you. you. You need people that will feed you. You need people that will take you to where God wants to take you. That would empower you, not bring you down. Compliment your purpose. Not be jealous of your purpose. I'd rather know the dude that Joseph knew in prison than be close to any of his brothers that put him in a pit. Who compliments your purpose? All right. You know how many times I've seen this before? I'm sorry, ladies, but it usually falls on you. Nine out of ten marriage counselings that we've done, my wife and I, this is what happens. The woman marries a doctor. She knows whose car she got into. She knows who's the driver. Months into her marriage, why are you going to the hospital late at night? Why are you answering that pager? Why are you always at the hospital? What? Did you not remember who you married? Woman married a businessman. He's doing business. Why are you always in those business meetings? Why are you working so hard late at night? Do you remember who you married? You married an evangelist. Why are you at Dolphin all the time? Why are you snatching souls all the time? Can't even go out to the movies with you. I can't even go out to eat with you without you snatching somebody. Did you forget who you married? Did, I didn't jump into your car. You jumped into mine. Women, I'm trying to help you. Why? Why? And I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm not sorry. Listen. In the book of Genesis, God told Adam, I'm going to give you a helper and someone to compliment you. Don't ever, oh, ladies, you got to write this down. You were created to compliment your husband's purpose. You were created to be a compliment, not a competition. The worst mistake that a woman can make is become the competition to her spouse's purpose. God didn't create him for you. God created him. 
his purpose. He gave him you to help him, to make him look good, make him sound good, make him wiser. Women, can I tell you something? You could have married the biggest bozo in the world. I'm talking about the dumbest dude. But if you constantly make him feel like he is smart, I will, he will be wiser tomorrow than what he was yesterday. You can compliment someone. You have the ability to birth. You have the ability to cultivate. You are an incubator. You put a... Yeah. I put a seed in my wife. She gave me a baby. She's an incubator. She's a money maker. I give her an idea. She'll do what I can never do in a million years. Women, you have that ability. All right. Let me get on your side now. Men. Proverbs 18, 22, and I finish, and we're going to answer some questions. Proverbs 18, 22. Is this helping anybody? He who finds a wife finds a good thing right? and obtains favor from the Lord. Fellas, it doesn't, it doesn't say he who finds a woman. It says he who finds a wife. She was a wife before I married her. Fellas, if she don't know how to cook... You know, if she can't compliment you, if she trying to bring you down, if she talking about, oh, I don't know if, you, if God assigned you to do that. that, that sounds too big. Listen, she ain't a wife. Women, I would dare to say 90%, 95% of all the women that are here, you are a wife, not just a woman. And God's preparing you for the husband that he's going to bring to your life. He's preparing you for who he's going to bring you to. So a wife doesn't haul around. A wife doesn't start posting up pictures showing her cleavage, her legs. On Instagram, you know, you could do that for him in private. Trust me, he'll love it. But I want to speak to all the women. If no one has ever told you, I want to be the first one to tell you, together with my wife, you're a wife in the making. You're a wife. You're not a woman. You're a wife. You're a godly woman. And when a man finds a wife, not a woman, he finds a great thing. And can I tell you, you're a great thing. You're a good thing. I want to declare over you. Tonight we're going to pray for all the women. Tonight we're going to pray for all the women. That you'd be a good thing, a great thing. As a matter of fact, I declare that over you as of right now. You are a good thing. You're a great thing. You're going to change the life of somebody. You're going to be an asset. You're going to be a compliment. You're going to be a helper. And by the way... Men, you're also called to compliment your wives and not be a competition to her. All right, the last one. Y'all want to hear the last one? 
All right. The last one, number one, loves God more than anyone. Number two, loves people. Number three, track record. Number four, what was number four? Compliments your purpose. And number five, attraction. There has to be an attraction. And I'm not just talking about sexual and physical, but I am. If you're not physically attracted to that person, I mean, I'm physically attracted to all of this right here. Listen, if you're not physically attracted, do yourself the favor. Oh, but God spoke to me. Listen. If you're not attracted, do yourself a favor. Okay. There must be an attraction, but it's not just sexual. It's not just physical. There must be chemistry. There must be mental attraction. There must be emotional attraction. There must be spiritual attraction. Some of you, you ask questions like, what are signs? Well, are you attracted spiritually? Does that person even look good? Is their attitude attractive? Is their finances attractive? Why are you going to do yourself like that, girls? He can't even pay for gas. I'm sorry, fellas. I was in that season once. I'm sorry to do that to you, but it's the truth. Listen. There has to be an attraction. Financial attraction, spiritual attraction, vision attraction, mental attraction, emotional attraction. If they don't look good, if they don't sound good, if their attitude don't look good, listen, do yourself a favor and be patient. Or let God tell you something else. Thank you for joining us today. And a special shout out to those who follow us on a weekly basis. If you love what you heard, hit the subscribe button and follow us at Remnant Youth on Instagram and YouTube. God bless you. We love you.